Hello there, and welcome to the Joyfully Black Podcast, where we have candid conversations with Black women on nourishing their mental well-being while balancing career, family life, and community care. I'm your host, Joy Dixon, a public health professional turned woman in tech and lover of seeing people thrive in their zone of genius. Today's guest is Dr. Courtney Bell. Before we speak with Dr. Bell today, it is mail time. Today we have mail from a listener who shared their intentions for 2022. This comes from Brittany in Tallahassee who emailed, when I listened to episode two about setting intentions, I first thought of the word focus. I went a couple more weeks to see if it would still be my word and I haven't shifted. And now I see that it's just your, it is your word too. A little tongue twister there. I like that you said intention setting is a shift in mindset and intentions make room for grace. Love it. Keep being joyfully black and I'll be sure to support. Well, thank you so much, Brittany from Tallahassee. We certainly appreciate you sharing your 2022 intention and we are sending a copy of Melissa Proctor's book from Ball Girl to CMO your way. Next, we are going to hear from today's guest, Dr. Courtney Bell, and I want to share a little bit about her. So Dr. Bell completed her doctoral degree in clinical health psychology. Her clinical training includes working with adults with severe and persistent mental health disorders in university counseling centers, community mental health centers, forensic settings, as well as outpatient and primary care settings. She has a strong interest in health psychology with the focus on anxiety, depression, stress management, and coping. In her spare time, she enjoys spending time with family and friends, dabbling in all things health and fitness, and blogging. She is also the owner and creator of her brand, Be Accountable, as well as the part owner of the brand, Sister Docs. And we actually heard from another uh, owner of Sister Docs about two weeks ago, and that was Dr. Edwards. At any rate, we are so pleased to have Dr. Bell here today. So let's welcome her. Well, hello, Courtney. I am so happy to have you as a guest on the Joyfully Black podcast. How are you doing today? I am doing so, so good. Thanks for having me. Yes, no problem. It's a delight. So what I always ask my guests is I really love to uh, level set for a minute. And so you are um, a psychologist and I really would love to know what inspired you to choose this as a career path? Okay, well, actually, funny story. I guess mm-hmm. I can kind of start from the beginning. I always thought that I was going to be um, a pharmacist mm. all, all through school. I always thought, you know, I'm going to go to school and major in chemistry or bio and that that would be my route. And I did do that mm-hmm. when I first got to undergrad. And then literally that first semester, I was sitting in my classes like, why am I here? Like, mm-hmm. this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. All my interests always center around people and helping people. So uh-huh you know, what am I doing here? And the only thing that piqued my interest was, like I said, being social and interacting with people, learning people's stories, and if I could just help them mm-hmm. in some way. And I actually got a glimpse of that my entire life. My mom was always someone who was taught me to give back to the community. We're always donating, always mm-hmm. doing and giving. So I think it, it all made sense when I finally <laughs> went into the direction yeah. that I 
happy to go in. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. You know, as I was getting to know you a little bit better and, and you know, seeing your IG, I know that uh, self-care is something that is often easier to say than do. And maybe that's something you work on with your patients that you see. But I'm I'm curious to ask your perspective. People often think of self-care as taking a bubble bath, getting a manicure, which is nothing wrong with those things. You know, it's right. helpful to relax our bodies. But I'd really love to hear your perspective on maybe non-traditional forms of, of self-care. Okay. Yeah. I always tell my clients when it comes to self-care, like you said, bubble baths and getting a manicure or pedicure is appropriate, but how do you feel when you finish doing those things? Mm -hmm. I think that self-care is anything that you do intentionally to enhance your mental, your physical, emotional, or mental well-being, Mm -hmm. and you should walk away from it feeling restored. So um, some non-traditional ways that I talk about with my clients are doing things like spending time in nature, mm. going outside and just getting fresh air, reading a book, um, just things that you don't necessarily have to pay for, mm-hmm. um, things that you can get from already being at home or within your environment, mm-hmm. making sure that whatever it is, when you finish doing it, you do feel restored or recharged or whatever it is that you need. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned things that you can even do at home because Something like for me, a form of self-care is reviewing my budget Mm -hmm. or my bank statements. A form of self-care is having a a tidy home. Yes, maybe it's not going to be immaculate all the time. But for (laughs) me, a clutter-free zone is a peaceful zone. And so, and and I get it. We have some folks who are maximalists. I, I learned that you know, term from a friend of mine. I think I'm more of a minimalist with a little, with accent pieces. So. I'm like somewhere in between. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Like I tend to go t- towards the theatrics, but like in my space, I need like minimalism and maybe it's because there's always so many things and ideas popping off in my, in my internal world. I don't know. Like budgeting, which is a form of self to me, a form of self-care uh, because you are taking care of your financial wellness and, and it's and it's interesting because I was having a conversation with a friend a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about money and just be making sure we're financially literate. And and she, you know, shared that looking at, through her bank statements makes her nervous. Mm-hmm. And and that was amazing to me. And so, how do you how do you approach folks who are not? making self-care a priority. Now, of course, this is something in the practical sense, mm-hmm. but how do you approach those folks who may feel guilty about taking time for themselves? Cause they're so used to giving. Right. Right. Yeah. So in circumstances, and I actually have that come up a lot in therapy, mm. people telling me a lot of the time, um, you know, no, I don't spend a lot of time doing self-care because I feel like I haven't earned it. Mm. They base their self-care practices on how much they've done in a, a given day or a given week. And that determines whether or not they're going to engage in any self-care. And so that was an interesting phenomenon for me to discover that people aren't taking care of themselves or aren't just taking a little extra time with themselves to feel recharged and restored because they're like, I need to earn it. I tried to, you know, kind of uncover and process, well, you know, why, why is that? So, you know, why do you feel like you need to do something extra or work harder in order for you to take care of yourself? Like who made that rule up? Like mm-hmm. where, where did you get that from? And from that, we're able to uncover some underlying things sometimes that contribute to that 
like in terms of finances, people will have discovered, you know, they have some financial trauma from mm-hmm. their childhood or conversations that they've heard as um, kids about money and things like that. So that's how typically we approach it in the therapy room. Yeah, that's that's helpful. And you brought up a key word, this sense around earning, like they have to earn the right. And you know, that's something I've even had to unpack and I unpacked it even more. So I think just having the, the isolation or solitude of, of the pandemic and realizing that my identity was wrapped up in my productivity mm-hmm. as though your worth, you're only worth as much as you're able to produce right. for Black people and other and other communities of color, like I've heard, you know, other friends who uh, may or have like maybe a- Asian descent or or come from another community of color, often talk about how like you know they just feel like they have, we have to work so hard to prove ourselves, and it's like when is enough enough? Right, mm-hmm. right. Or even like trying to reframe it, right? Like you didn't get as much done today or you weren't as productive as you wanted to be today. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe if you do some self-care, you may feel up to it later versus yeah. you know, let me do this. I have to do this first in order to partake in any self-care. And it's like, maybe you need to self-care. Maybe you're burned out and that's why yeah. you can't, you're not productive. Yeah. And also, you know, when you say that, it makes me think there's different forms of self-care, like maybe the rejuvenating form mm-hmm. and also the practical, and there may be some, some better term for it. I will certainly look into that. Or maybe one of our listeners may already know, but right. I mean, like there's the rejuvenating kind, there's the one that's going to care really for your future self, like say, you know, organizing or just making sure the section of your home that you spend the most time in is, you know, clutter-free or mm-hmm. less messy, balancing your budget. I'm thinking of you know, or just, or even something as simple as making sure you uh, have done your laundry so you have clean clothes. Right. Cause like tomorrow I know I'll feel better when I wake up, if I wake up to, like you said, a clean space or a laundry already folded. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, cause we've all seen that meme about like <laughs> you do your laundry and the club, but the clothes stay, they're clean, but they stay on the bed or in the laundry basket unfolded for like a week or two. We've all seen yes. that. Or an additional three to four business days. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, self-care is like your zhuzh, right? So how do you, what, what do you do for self-care and, and how do you incorporate it? Ooh, I do a ton of things. Mm-hmm. I'm always looking at looking up self-care. I'm, okay. I'm seeing other people do things. Mm-hmm. My new thing is TikTok and I'm seeing all different yes. forms of self-care. But I did make a list so I can because I was like, I do a lot of things. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, um, I have some things I jotted down here. Um, so I do things for, like I said, mental, spiritual, emotional and physical self-care. So I, just like you were talking about, um, you know, different periods of time, sometimes we do self-care for our future self mm-hmm. or um, it, this is the same thing. Sometimes I juice self-care for different parts of myself. So mentally, I mean, I may need something else today than I need versus needing a physical self-care today. So um, when it comes to like mental self-care, mm-hmm. of course I do things like meditating, mm-hmm. um, reading. Recently, I realized that listening to motivational things is helpful for me. Yes. So I could be um, doing laundry or in the shower and trying to find pockets of time where I can fit in some additional self-care. So I'm listening to something um, while I'm in the shower. Mm-hmm. Also, I've realized that 
for mental self-care, it's good for me to have deeper, meaningful conversations with people. So not just having, um, like in my personal life, not having these um, just surface level conversations. I like to kind of dig beneath the surface and mm-hmm. learn more about people each day. Um, and then I said also mental self-care is learning. Yeah. I realized. I like learning new stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I know I'm not in school and, you know, I worked hard to get out of school. That's yes. what But, you know, you never stop learning and it's really good for you. And it doesn't necessarily have to, it can be anything. It could be, you know, I, I learned how to crochet at one point in my life, like just yeah. learning something new. And also for mental self-care, something that I think is really helpful is just checking with your inner dialogue. Mm. So, you know, how do you speak to yourself? What does that voice sound like? What are they saying? Does it mm-hmm. sound like you or does it sound like somebody else? Critical or is it judgy? You know, what's your inner dialogue like? Is that why you feel bad? Is that why you feel defeated? And when someone is checking in with their inner dialogue and it's, let's say, a voice they a voice that's not themselves, maybe it's the voice of their mother mm-hmm. or someone who raised them or someone who has been critical in their lives. How should they address that? I think first and foremost, just uh, addressing it with some compassion mm-hmm. and, you know, allowing themselves to understand, like, this is just all I know. All I know this is what I was taught. And up until this point, I've just been doing the best I can with what I was given knowing the difference between acceptance and approval. Like I accept that this is why I, my inner dialogue is this way, but I don't approve of it. So mm. I'm going to make some changes. Yeah. And it sounds like they also have to come with a sense of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like why is this voice coming here at this moment? Are there some connections? Are there parallels to other points in my life? A particular thing, or I'm making decisions or trying to figure out a conflict why does this voice always come up? And, and you mentioned other aspects. So for your mental, it's meditation, it's learning, you know, ch- checking in with the inner dialogue. What, what is uh, what are some other forms of self-care like in your in your wheelhouse? Ooh, OK, so. Um, hmm. Well, physical, I'm a very physical self-care person, so I love exercising mm-hmm. And that comes from like my, from being a teeny tiny little girl, my mom putting me in dance and gymnastics. So I've been moving since I was little. And I realized when I'm not moving, I I don't feel my best. Like I can, I'm a little people where if enough days go by and I haven't moved my body and it doesn't necessarily have to be strenuous exercise in the gym. I'm talking like even stretching. I, um, I feel off. So physical health care, it looks like exercise, stretching eating healthy, mm-hmm. um, getting good sleep, yes, getting, <laughs> getting really good sleep. Um, and then of course the spa treatment, you know, massages, uh-huh. those type of things. I actually go get pedicures for the, for the massage part more so than the polish. <laughs> the polish Me is. too. <laughs> Me I care too. less about the polish. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's something like I like sitting in the chair with a little, you know, massage going and my feet. I'm like, I really, some of them like, you can put on clear. I don't care. I don't care. Do what you want. <laughs> Surprise me. Exactly. <laughs> what do you like? You know? <laughs> right. Let's go with that today. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that part of just like, just nourishing like my body, like my skin, mm-hmm. you know, getting a massage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also for physical self-care, doing things with my hands. I think I mentioned earlier, like I like doing mindless activities mm-hmm. with my hands, whether um, it's crocheting mm-hmm. or some sort of new craft or something. I just find those things helpful. I feel good about it. What have you crocheted that you're most proud of? 
Ooh, um, recently I learned how to crochet a blanket. That's probably the most, I'm more proud of that. But I will say before that, I was kicking out scarves like nobody's business. My okay. family said, we want a scarf, we want a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like I was in, in, in high demands. So I felt really yes. good about that. <laughs> You're like opening up your opening up your own Etsy store, huh? Right, right. I was like making them, and you know, you're making things with love, and so you see sure. your things with it. So it felt, it felt good. Uh huh. Oh, that's wonderful. And you mentioned like learning is a high priority for you. What's on your learning list right now? Ooh, right now. Well, I am like studying for certification right okay, now. Gotcha. So that, that's at the top of my priority. Okay. Uh huh. But um, I'm really open to anything. So when I'm talking with friends and like they're doing something that I'm not familiar with, Mm -hmm. I really like to understand it. Recently, I've been trying to get better with understanding sports statistics. Just really something new, something different. (laughs) Like I I watch sports, but I'm not good with the numbers. Gotcha. I mean, is that a good amount of yards or no? (laughs) Different things that, you know, I don't encounter on the normal. I just like to, you know, learn new things and learn more Mm -hmm. about it. That is interesting. Sports statistics. Kudos. Kudos. That- <laughs> I'm struggling. I'm struggling with that one. <laughs> but I'm trying. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is there a particular sport that you want? Football. The foot you said football? Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. I was watching football. I know the basics, but the numbers no. Okay. Okay. Well, that's all that's on your list for this quarter. I uh, there's a lot to know since you're starting at the with the basics, I'm I'm assuming. Yeah, I take a lot of days off from the football thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I know that you know, when you're talking to your clients and some of the things can be, you know, surprising or you're, you know, helping them reframe. How has your work, your professional life, I'll say, because you may do, you know, I know you have some other professional pursuits outside of your practice. How does your professional life impact how you decide to show up in the world? Mm, that's a good question. That's a good question. Because at <laughs> one point, that was a struggle for me. Mm. I felt like, um, and I guess I, I can talk about this later, but like aside from my clinical work, I do like, you know, blogging and yeah. social media presence and things like that. And at one point in time, I really struggled with, oh, if I'm you know, trying to be somebody's doctor. Mm-hmm. I can't be out here writing a blog post. <laughs> and I really had like a heart to heart with a friend one day and they were like, you don't, you don't have to pick one or the other. Uh-huh. You can do both as long as you are being authentic and true to yourself. Mm-hmm. So that definitely showed up um, early on, actually, as I was embarking on my degree, I really mm-hmm. felt like there were so many things I couldn't do. Like I'm trying to be a psychologist now, so I can't do that anymore. Mm. You, you know, do hair videos. Like, you can't yeah. <laughs> but that's not true. You can, yeah. you can truly do it all. And it sounds like, you know, you were trying to, you were reconciling these different parts of your identity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I felt like people wanted to see me as or how I had to look because mm. of the profession that I was embarking on. Mm-hmm. And, and what was that experience life um, in, in reconciling these two parts that you could really show up as, as your most authentic self? Mm-hmm. It was, you know, like I said, it was something that was difficult for me at first, mm-hmm. but as I got actually more into practice as far as therapy, I found like my clients really uh, appreciated it more. They found, they want, they want to work with someone who they feel like is a human, just like them. Mm-hmm. Now granted, you're not in your sessions 
full disclosure, but you know, they, yeah, of course I'm saying, I'm joking with them or I'm saying things that I would say to anybody. Yes. They like that. It makes them comfortable. It makes the rapport process um, a little bit easier. So I found like, Oh, I, I can just be myself. I can be authentic. And, you know, people pick their therapist based off of the vibe they get when they meet you in a consult. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate that because I, and I did find that fascinating because of course doing research for the podcast and I was like, oh, she's a brand ambassador. She does this. I was like, that's so, that's so cool that you're, that you're showing up in that way. I'm curious, how, how did you decide to blog? Or is it something you've been doing since college? Has writing just always been a part of your life? Actually, no, I actually just, I'm a very private person usually. Mm. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. But at first I started my blog. It's really funny. I started it as like my little secret journal. Uh-huh. Actually, like, no, I didn't tell anybody about it. Not my family, not my friends, nothing. Mm-hmm. And then I started to get more comfortable with expressing myself in writing, mm-hmm. which is what I never did. Cause I never kept a journal or a diary or anything like that as a child. So wow. I get into my 20s and I'm writing in this blog and then I have a couple people where they're coming to me for advice and I'm like, oh, well, I did write this thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I share it with them and yeah. then you know, getting their feedback or um, them being able to tell me like, dang, like I didn't know, you know, you were experiencing that or this really helped me because mm-hmm. I had this situation and I realized like even that was another avenue, another way for me to help people or mm-hmm. connect with people on a different level. Well, I, I love that. And something I was, you know, curious about is these multiple identities that we hold, right? Where there's so many intersectionalities here. How would you advise someone who is having that same dilemma? They want to all they want to come across as professional, but they feel like in doing so, they're squelching this other side of them. Perhaps they are folks who love the performing arts and would probably get on IG doing a song a day or doing a vlog or something, but they're nervous about showing up in the world in a way that they can't necessarily control, you know, because, you know, once you put on the internet, people screenshot it or download it, it's, it's in the ether. Yeah, that's very true. Like sometimes once it's there, it's like, you can't get rid of it depending Mm -hmm. on what it is, but you know, just all going back to authenticity, just always being true to yourself mm-hmm. and content and sure that, you know, as long as I'm being myself and as long as this makes sense to me, then I'm always going to feel good about it. Mm-hmm. Even later when I'm in a different space, I'm going to look back at that person and be like, dang, she's grown so much, but that was me. That was me then. Exactly. So yeah, that I like that frame. Like that was me then and being accepting of that. Um, and moving forward, because you know what? That past person did get you to this point. Yes. And she was doing the best she could with what mm-hmm. she had. Yes. <laughs> yes. You are absolutely right. You're absolutely right. There is a quote that I ask all of my guests, and it's uh, by Jean Bolin. And it's when you discover something that nourishes your soul and brings you joy, care enough about yourself to make room for it in your life. So what nourishes your soul so much that you absolutely create space for it? Ooh. Hmm. That is a hard one. That's a hard one. Ah! It's more than one thing. The first thing, but I will say the first thing that came to mind Mm -hmm. was uh, people, three little people, my three little nephews. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So it wasn't necessarily like one of these, um, 
these things that I listed under like my forms of self-care, but it mm-hmm. definitely was my nephews. And I think it's because they're so innocent. They're so mm-hmm. free. Mm-hmm. They're just so lighthearted. Mm-hmm. And I often prioritize, I like to prioritize spending time with them or seeing them, even if it's just for a few moments because of this pandemic. Yeah. Because I don't think about anything else. I genuinely don't think about anything else. Oh, so, so the so the time you spend with them is like nothing else exists except you and and your lives. World and I'm just in it. <laughs> oh, I know. Aunt life is so fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. And if if you could turn back the time and, and talk to let's say your 18-year-old self, Ooh. what <laughs> you're okay. Well, <laughs> well, what was going on in 18? You're like, woo, you have a lot of advice to give her, huh? <laughs> What advice would you give her about self-care, making sure that she's nourished? Hmm. I would say for 18-year-old Courtney, mm-hmm. um, just to really make sure that she was okay, like checking in with herself more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my younger self and I guess being 18 and young is natural to be there, be very concerned with what the people around you think or what mm-hmm. they're doing. And I wish I could tell her, like, you know, just spend a little bit more time with yourself. Yeah. You know, alone, thinking about what you want or what you think and not being so concerned with what the people around you are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because and I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned that. Because so many times we're living up to other people's expectations mm-hmm. and not and dividing and divorcing ourselves from other people's expectations versus what we actually want in our lives. And 18 is, is still relatively young, even though we're considered adults, quote unquote, at 18, we still have so much growing up to do. Like so much. It's so interesting. People say like you're growing at 18. Mm-hmm. I'm not grown at all. <laughs> I knew nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got that. Even now, I feel like I'm 32 and I still feel like I have so much to learn. And every, mm-hmm. you know, every day, the more you learn, the, the better. Absolutely. And as you're reflecting on your season of life, because I have this, I've always viewed life in seasons. Like mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, there may be a summer, a summer season when everything is peachy and coming up roses. And yeah. other times when it's bare bones and like, I just got to buckle down and, and get through this. Or just a phase when we're coasting and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. When you reflect on like this specific season of your life, what is bringing you joy? Ooh, just enjoying my journey. Mm-hmm. Like truly just enjoying my journey. Like I know that there's things that I want to do or I'm working towards, but I really try to focus right now. And when I do this, I feel great. It's just enjoying my journey, not putting any limits on it, Mm -hmm. no boundaries, no time restraints, just being able to sit with where I am now and be content and know that I am, I'm good because I know that I'm working, I'm moving towards my potential. Like whatever that is, I know that I'm, I'm on the way there and I'm, I'm good with that. Oh, that's awesome. Was it hard to get to this, this point of contentment? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely yes absolutely mm-hmm. and it's because I'm a person who I do at one point I did care a lot about what other people think or like you said those expectations that mm-hmm. you, like, you have to fulfill that society places on us or the, the expectations you have as a professional or as mm-hmm. a black woman um and it's difficult to really separate yourself from those things but you have to take a second to realize like 
when I separate myself from everybody's opinion on social media Mm -hmm. or everybody's opinion of what a professional young woman should be doing. Yes. There's some things that don't, I don't care about. I don't Mm -hmm. even care about that stuff. And being able to be like, that really doesn't matter that much to me. I know I'm working hard. I know what I'm doing. And everybody doesn't know, or they can't see my, my journey, but I know what's going on over here. Right. I'm, I'm good with it. Having the the confidence that your journey is your own Mm -hmm. and you're making your own way is, is something that a lot of, you know, I think we eventually get to, but it's, it's hard one sometimes. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, there's like a lot of talk right now. I see it in memes where they refer to, um, like main character energy. Ah, <laughs> I've been, I've been seeing those memes. Uh-huh. Yes. I don't actually know what they mean by that, <laughs> but I like to think of it as like, I told a client the other day, I was like, you know, you may not have a new year's resolution, but what's your theme? Like, what do you want your theme mm-hmm. to be? And I always use myself as an example. And I was like, my theme is consistency. Mm-hmm. I that, you know, I want to work towards and the theme is consistency for me for this year. Mm-hmm. I'm the main character. And, and when we get to December, I will reflect on my character development. <laughs> Come through consistency and main character ingenue. Uh, <laughs> that's actually, I was going to ask you if you, you listened to the previous episode because actually consistency is, is my word for 2022 as well. Really? Yes. Yes. Here. Yes. yes. It, it's, it's consistency and be open to the possibilities. I won't go through the whole episode because you can listen to it. Yeah, I'm long story. Yeah, because I mean it's very easy because um I noticed you had your list and I was like, uh, she's she's like me, like you have your list, you're prepared. And I thought sometimes I can be so focused in on the goal that sometimes a great opportunity is here. But I'm like, no, that doesn't look like what I was expecting. Right. That wasn't on the agenda. It wasn't exactly. And so making sure I'm consistent, I'm I'm doing what I need to do, but like oh, this looks interesting. And maybe this, it's a great plot twist, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually like that being open to the possibilities. Cause Mm -hmm. like you said, I am kind of one of those people where I do, you know, have plans. I have things I want to accomplish. Sometimes, you know, life isn't linear, so it's not going to go in that cookie cutter way that I think sometimes. And so Mm -hmm. being able to be open to different possibilities or seeing even the positive and something not going my way doesn't mean it won't go a a good positive way. It just means Mm -hmm. it doesn't go by plan. So I like that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, (laughs) um, I am so happy that you joined us today on the Joyfully Black podcast. How can people connect with you? Okay. Well, I'm mainly on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, so my personal account is underscore, well, at underscore Mocahontas. Uh-huh. And I also have a business page. I have a brand called Be Accountable. Mm-hmm. And it's really about um, just showing up for yourself every single day, no matter what it is. You don't have to be perfect. You just got to show up. Mm-hmm. And um, I sell apparel there. And that is at Be Accountable with Court. And that's Court with a K. Uh-huh. And then also I am building a brand with my future, well, fellow sister docs. <laughs> and so it's four of us, black psychologists. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, we all look, well, we work with an array of different clients, adults, mm-hmm. children, geriatric, mm-hmm. but um, we're there to be a resource for people who are moving the direction and the profession that we are in as well to like help and motivate. And that page is underscore at underscore sister docs. 
Great. And so if they so if they want more information about at the so it's at Sister Docs, essentially. It's, that's the name of the group, is at Sister Docs. Yes. Yes. Great. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Because so many, so many melanated folks are looking for therapists that look like them from pediatric to geriatric. We all in yeah. all seasons of our life, we, you know, we need someone. We need that 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 care team. I want to make sure I give you the right name, the right, because we changed our punctuation. Sister dot docs on Instagram. <laughs> gotcha. Sister docs. Are there any other resources that you'd like to share with our listeners before we close out today? Probably just therapy for black girls. Mm, <laughs> I think yeah. that's a great resource. And um, it's just so much there. I even tell the fellows to go and look at therapy for black girls because you'll find a therapist there, resources mm-hmm. there and all tailored to your insurance, your area, your preference, as far as topic matter or what your presenting concerns are. Mm-hmm. Therapy for Black Girls is such a wonderful, wonderful resource for sure. Yes, yes, yes. Well, thank you again so much, Courtney. And we look forward to having you back again. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This was a joy. <laughs> great. Talk to you later. It was great having Courtney with us today. And this week's quick question is, What form of non-traditional self-care will you try this week? Is it checking your bank statement? Perhaps it's taking a walk. Maybe it's folding the laundry the same day you wash it or curling up with a good book. Let us know by DMing Joyfully Black on Instagram or sending us an email at joyfullyblack at gmail.com. That's joyfully, B-L-A-C-K at gmail.com. We'll share a few of your responses in a future episode. And that's today's show. Thank you for joining us this this week on Joyfully Black. Be sure to visit our website, www.joyfullyblk.com, where you can subscribe to the show so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in today's episode, be sure to share the show with a friend and leave a five-star review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next week, stay in the black, y'all.